2: UK Tech Weekly Podcast. I believe I can fly, I believe I can touch the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Good morrow, person with ears. Welcome to this, the best ever edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. This is the UK's premium weekly technology podcast, sliding into your head every Friday like a warm batch of Asp's milk. The UK Tech Weekly Podcast is a weekly hot air balloon of infotainment from the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Mac World UK and Computer World UK. Every Friday we head to an audio swimming pool, breaking the rules with audio bombing, smoking and heavy petting in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. Please subscribe, rank us and tell your friends. You can get in touch at editor at idg.co.uk or via the At UK Tech Podcast Twitter feed. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK. And today, I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the smooth as silk, Ashley Alsop, Engagement Editor of PC Advisor and Macworld UK. Hello. The cool as ice, Henry Burrell, a staff writer at PC Advisor and Macworld UK. Hello. And the cheapest chips, Christopher Manassians, <laughs> also a staff writer of PC Advisor and Macworld UK.
1: Hola, senor. This
2: week, we are talking Computex, not bad smartphones, and terrible, terrible humans. So, come with us on a journey through time and space. Love AMD tender, love AMD sweet, never let me go. Christopher Manassians, what has AMD been doing and why should we care?
1: I love how you come up with these. (laughs) A little bit last minute this week. They're amazing. They're actually amazing. Okay, so um, AMD came up with the uh, Radeon uh, RX 480. So it's a new graphics card that's been announced to the market for $200 in the US hasn't been announced in the UK, as in pricing-wise. Right. But we can estimate around £160, including VAT. Okay. Which is extremely cheap. Um, and given its specs, which is currently competing with the previous line of AMD cards, it seems to be, well, quite the head-turner, quite literally, because it's, it's focused on VR as well. Okay. So let's just roll back this a
2: little bit um, to the uninitiated £160 for a graphics card. To me... Sounds expensive. But you're gonna tell me it's cheap because of the the virtual reality functionality?
1: Absolutely. Well also because of well, first of all, because of its um competition. So NVIDIA um, announced the GTX ten seventy and a ten eighty. Is this the Pascal? The Pascal, indeed. And they came in at four hundred pounds and I think six hundred and twenty pounds.
2: And are these are these comparable products?
1: <laughs> so these well we haven't tested them yet, but with their they're um Supposedly, according to our um, US colleagues, they're amazing. Both amazing um, graphics cards. The, the NVIDIA ones? The NVIDIA ones. But I suppose
2: what I'm asking is, is the AMD products comparable with the NVIDIA products? Because it's a very different price.
1: Exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's, I wouldn't say it is directly... Right. Um, you couldn't directly compare the two. However, um, given that it's passed, as in the previous generation AMD cards, the R9 390X, R9 390, and the R9 380, and there's a lot of numbers, there. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Some slightly blank
2: looks around. yeah like, what's going on?
1: Uh, but those three cards previously were also well-known um, among gamers and people who just liked um, buying cheaper graphics cards versus NVIDIA cards. Right, We're very impressed with them. And the reason why this is important is because the RX 480 kind of sits in the middle of the budget line and the high-end line of AMD's last-generation models. Hopefully I'm not confusing you. Well, it, it's <laughs> entirely
2: possible you are confusing us, but that's good, because explain it to us and you'll be able to explain it to the listener. Um, so what you're saying, if I'm right, is that this is this is pretty mid-range and yep. potentially very good value because it's mid-range. But if you're, so speaking to, let's take someone at random, Henry,
3: uh, pretty random, pretty <laughs> random guy. Don't know what's going
2: uh, on. Uh, I'm guess I'm, you're not a huge gamer, particularly.
3: No, I mean, I was sort of kind of thinking as you were talking about that because um, we had the HTC Vive in the other week, and it was very, very impressive, even for someone like me who doesn't game that much. But if 160 quid ish for a new graphics card, would yeah. you be able to put that into a relatively low spec computer and run something like the Vive on it, or is it still kind of that problem? I what well, I see as the problem as having to like drop several thousand pounds on the setup
1: that's a really good question and it's exactly what um amd are trying to address so according to their presentation according to their release they're saying it is um you can do vr on it okay now for us to actually test it and to say it does i don't know x amount of uh, frames per second or it's slower in this respect. so that's something i guess we'd have to test um shout out to amd you send us one (laughs) um and nvidia as a matter of fact but um but yeah, in, in that respect, yes, you would be able to do um, budget uh, a budget build right. on your PC, and yet drop say four five hundred pounds on a VR headset <laughs> and get it running. So yeah, it should be possible. But... So you,
2: so if you had a sort of fairly standard desktop PC, mm. that's really interesting. Actually, you had you had a go at the uh, HTC Vive. I did, as I recall to quite enjoy it i loved
4: it i didn't expect to love it as much as i did but yeah the thing that puts me off is the fact that you need a really expensive pc so i guess if that's going to be addressing the situation then it could mean that the vive and other vr headsets are going to take off a lot more than they would otherwise because it's definitely limiting for um, a lot of people isn't it
1: exactly
2: yes. but they'd, they'd need to get manufacturers to make these pcs presumably because again uh, three of the four of us sitting around this table wouldn't i guess wouldn't be comfortable uh, upgrading yeah. a PC, yeah. um, even if that's obviously the, the inexpensive thing to do. So this is this seems strikes me as a smart move by AMD. But yeah. do you think um, PC manufacturers, potentially laptop manufacturers, is that even possible? Are they going to use these products? Do you think?
1: Well, first of all, laptops won't be able to utilize in the same way. Too physically um, big. Because it's literally physically too big. Um, Unless someone creates some magic adapter, unless it's out already, I highly doubt. But that would be amazing, like an external graphics card for a laptop.
2: Wow. Well, that would be quite interesting, anyway, because you could, if you you could, if you could plug something in that made your existing PC, um, desktop or laptop VR ready. Yeah. That could. That's a potential game changer.
1: Indeed. But um, but for the time being, all we can see for laptop users would be like a, a similar chip. A, a smaller chip that would go into a laptop now would that be able to p- uh, power VR? We don't know. Yeah. Um, my my guess is no, because the amount of um, amount of bandw- bandwidth and the amount of uh, data that is just streamed through the graphics cards are quite high, and in a small little chipset, it'll be quite hard to do um, and to cool it appropriately. But who knows? But in terms of uh, PCs, then um, yes, it's 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 something that. Um, it's very much easy to do actually it's it's literally just pressing a button on a um on in your within your pc removing your previous graphics card and putting a new one in no you've lost me yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, wouldn't,
4: I wouldn't even know what the graphics card was i'd probably take out something else and be like hey why is this not working what's this process not colored,
3: it, it's like,
1: like a small box
3: <laughs> massive well, I just
2: think they look like uh, spaceships <laughs>
3: like
1: cool a robot arm yeah yeah
2: <laughs> so uh, I think what's interesting here then is you know honestly I didn't think I'd be that interested but you've 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 made an interesting point about uh, this announcement from AMD potentially sort of democratizing um, the ability to afford virtual reality. Yeah. Um, again, I do think it, it requires products because all of this stuff and and the brief conversation we just had points towards like the PlayStation VR being a real winner because it's just a thing you can buy and plug in to yeah. your existing products. Mm.
1: Exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's not only trying to address the VR. So, I mean, I know we we went into a sort of VR discussion because of how cheap it is and how affordable it is for those who want VR. But let's not forget that VR itself, the headset itself, is quite expensive. Yep. I think it's like four hundred pounds or something like that. Oculus five hundred or top of my head, it's it's, it's probably a bit more. HTC
2: Vive is more than six hundred quid. I think.
1: Yeah, oh, there I we think go. I mean, so if if someone's spending six hundred quid on a HTC Vive, then it surprised me that it would cheap out on a graphics card. Yeah. But at the same time, um, AMD are also addressing just general gamers. So yeah. a lot of people would like to pay, play, for example, the upcoming Battlefield 1, that which we had a discussion, I think, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about. And that game would run much better on a better graphics card um, versus a, okay. a low-end one. And so people upgrading from a sure. two, three old AMD or NVIDIA graphics card to the RX 480 would notice not only a massive boost in performance but a smoother experience less problems and just more compatibility sure um so was this announced at computex it was indeed yes so just for the uninitiated what is computex so it's just um uh, as far as i'm aware is a uh, a show that's oh, I can't a, how, to, how to explain it it's like a. it's a huge trade show isn't it? it's a yeah.
2: components trade show uh, in the in the far east um and it's interesting to me because in the old days, and I'm quite old, um, <laughs> PC components and things like that, that was big news. Not so much these days because we buy consumer products. Um, but we've also seen, as you say, NVIDIA have made some announcements at Computex. Um, presumably Intel have announced they the have indeed, some yet. stuff. Um, I just wonder if it's at all, uh, Computex has at all crossed the radars of Henry or Ashley being consumer technology journalists. (laughs) Probably not.
4: (laughs) Honestly, no, but we only know about it because we've talked about it in the office. But if, you know, if we didn't work here, we probably wouldn't have heard about it. So it is definitely a bit more niche, but that's just because it's one of those things where we don't necessarily need to know about it, but we, but the results of it is what we need to know about. So, sure. you know, how it affects us um, in the end. Or we might not necessarily actually ever buy or see any of the products or yeah. announcements that are
2: made. So it's about how these components fit into consumer yeah, products, I yeah. which is which is kind of the point I'm making, that the world has changed a lot. Yeah. It used to be much more about people buying or individual small PC manufacturers buying these components and putting them into things, whereas now... We ex- we buy products we plug them in we expect them to work. Yeah. yeah. Um. Just quickly, Christopher, as we finish this conversation off, where are Nvidia and AMD against each other in this kind of graphics card space?
1: <laughs> oh god, and it's um, not a quick question, really, is it? Well, no, it's, it's it's more the there's a lot of fanboys uh, behind it or fangirls even. Um, fan people fan people <laughs> fan people like literally fans <laughs> um, but yeah red versus green armies as as we like to call them what? As, uh, I like to call them is that why you're wearing green trousers I'm it. wearing red trousers <laughs> oh, no. oh well AMD there we go, there AMD, go. AMD and Nvidia fantastic <laughs> um, but uh, I think Henry could have at least worn some trousers <laughs> <laughs> just more comfortable like this <laughs> <laughs> this time we can't lie that we've got the, 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 the oh, yeah. camera rolling so we've got <laughs> anyway um, back to the uh, back to the question it's Nvidia have definitely taken a large market share, um, and are definitely, uh, a lot more popular among just gamers and just general consumers because everything works with their Nvidia products. Oh, and generally speaking, drivers are the biggest thing. So as you yep. said, plug and play, are pe- people just want to take a graphics card, upgrade it. And as, as I said, it's simple enough, at least, at least to me, uh, to replace the graphics card. And then you have to deal with all driver issues, compatibility issues, um, software not running as it is and amd have notoriously been known for having poor driver support and poor game support and because of that they've lost a lot of respect throughout the community wow um and that is why nvidia have taken a massive market share um from from amd so let's just try and see if this year amd can actually make a comeback amd is in almost as far as i'm aware in both Consoles, so the Xbox One and the PS4. So they've got that sort of market share. But in terms of consumers, yeah. NVIDIA still winning.
2: Interesting. Okay, so
1: with that in mind, uh, <laughs> let's go around the room.
2: Uh, AM Decent or AM Doomed? Christopher? AM Decent, for sure. Mm, Henry? If I had a bit more money, AM Decent. <laughs> Ashley Alsop?
4: I have literally no idea.
2: <laughs> Excellent. Okay, we will take a very short break, and we'll be back shortly to talk about Windows Phones. How much is that doggie in the window? The one with the Microsoft operating system. Henry Burrell, you've been trying Windows Phone, and you've made a surprising discovery. What gives?
3: It's not terrible. It's not <laughs> terrible. Considering literally nobody in the world owns a Windows Phone, I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, our, our Consumer tech editor over at PCA, Chris Martin, has... Uh, a Narnia wardrobe for the mobile phones, so I thought I'd dip into it, um, and what came out was uh, the Microsoft Lumia 950, nice which one. is, yeah, flagship, so flagship yep, yeah, out about six months ago, I think, and I just thought I'd use it because I've never really played around with the OS before. Um, I use an Android phone normally, I've had an iPhone in the past, so thought I'd do the third one, and I can't really understand what, uh, what everyone's beef with it is. Um, all the misconceptions i had of it before i used it have kind of have kind of gone now it's got the same battery life it's got just as good a screen pretty much um it looks quite nice yeah um and really the whole thing that at least tech journalists get hung up about because i'm not even sure if mainstream consumers even consider it an option uh, <laughs> is this whole app gap thing yeah about not having the developers on side not having the right apps and everything i haven't found a single app that i i use day to day that's not it's not on there really apart from bbc news but yeah it's pretty middle of the middle of the road and you could, i mean the
2: argument that microsoft always made was that you could just have a, a shortcut to the website anyway yeah
3: um, yeah some people don't like that idea i think i think a few apple fans wouldn't <laughs> like that idea yeah. well with the whole app ecosystem but really um i haven't found much to complain about there's a couple of bugs that you kind of just get over like Spotify doesn't list my albums in alphabetical order, but if there's a bigger first world problem, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard it.
2: <laughs> interesting. So, just quickly around the room, uh, Christopher, you're an Android user? I'm an Android user, yeah. Ashley, you use an iPhone? Yeah, I'm Okay. IPhone. I'm Android, but also I've also used iPhone in the past. I also have used Windows Phone, but never, yeah. never as my principal phone, but yeah. I've tested Windows Phones, and I completely share your view. So, it's interesting to me that it has this perception um, mm. that it's that it's bad in some way. And it is failing because Microsoft is is pulling out of the consumer.
3: Yeah, um, pretty much. I mean, the sort of the, the whispers uh, are that they're not going to even bring out the long-rumoured Surface phone to match up with their Surface tablet and that really expensive computer they've just made. Um, but I was sort of looking into it a bit, and uh, it all kind of, well, in a, with beautiful hindsight, <laughs> looked like a bad idea for them to buy out Nokia. Um, Steve Ballmer, the previous CEO, it was always his plan to... Uh, basically, try and compete with Apple mm. in the in the uh, hardware market, which is just insane if you think about it. <laughs> but yeah. it's a bit of a shame that it's become such an insane idea because it's Microsoft.
2: <laughs> well, I wondered if they if it wasn't necessarily the long term plan to compete because they always allowed third parties to make Windows phones. HTC yeah, basically be the only people who did. But I thought maybe the idea was a bit like with the Surface. Um, if we make things and create a market, other people will join us in that market, mm. which is why they bought Nokia. Nokia being, at the time, the biggest by-volume yeah. handset manufacturer. Have you, Christopher, Ashley, have you guys used Windows Phone at any point?
4: I've literally used it for, like, a day, and I didn't really like it, but I think I don't really like Android either. I think I'm mm. just completely caught up with iOS, unfortunately. Mm. Sorry. So, um, yeah, I didn't really like it, but I suppose I didn't really give it much of a chance, and so maybe I should try it again.
2: I think the funny thing about the, the, the um, uh uh, what's the word, comparison between Windows Phone and iPhone is I think they have much more in common than Android does yeah. with either of them. Because because Windows Phone is like iPhone, locks down, mm. you mm. get a specific experience, you can't install apps from outside of the, the Windows world in the yeah. ways you can with iPhone. Um, how about you, Christopher? You've you got much experience with Windows Phone?
1: Yeah, I've used Windows Phone quite a lot. Um, back in well, Back in the past, I think when... Windows Phone 8 first came out back in the days I was invited to go to their launch and I was really, really impressed with their phones. And in fact, I always said to myself that if I had to buy my mum a phone, which I actually bought her Android phone because she really wanted an Android phone, but that's up to her. But um, a Windows phone would generally be my go to option. Yeah, um, because... They're generally solid phones. As you yep. said, like the operating system is fantastic, yeah, at least in my it's opinion. Really it's, it's, it's super smooth. You don't have to worry
0: about like. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you.
2: From step by step guidance to suggested plugins. Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com/slash Wondersuite.
1: It's pretty easy
2: to get to grips with as well. Very it?
1: easy. You, it, it's it's quicker to adopt. Like if you've never used a smartphone mm-hmm. in your life, to go to an um, Windows phone versus even iOS. It's that simple and that easy to use. But I, I completely agree, actually. And it's
2: a really good example you give because with both my parents, I was pushing them towards Windows Phone because I mm-hmm. thought it would just be the easiest adoption for them. But again, I suppose this might explain some of the failures that they went to the high street store from whom they um, get their contract phones yeah. and were pushed anywhere but towards Windows yeah, Phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, it was basically <clears throat> mid-range to low-range Android phones that, mm-hmm. that, that they wanted to flog them. Um, which I guess might explain in some ways why Windows Phone hasn't succeeded as a mass-market product. Yeah.
3: This, this particular handset as well, I was looking back at some of the reviews, um, not necessarily ours. I think the PC Advisor review is actually quite fair, and Chris does a good job to update articles. But when this phone came out, it was lambasted for being having like a plastic back, Right, rather yeah. than like glass or metal or something, which is which, is, which again, like, who cares? Yeah, but, um, but it's apparently like people. I, I do. smashed
2: the glass back of my phone last mm-hmm. night, Did you? so <laughs> I would like to have
3: it. Yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> but um, I think a lot of people, if they were ever tempted to go to a Windows Phone, they would look at the press reception to that phone, mm. um, and if it's if for the first instance it's bad. And maybe unfairly bad that it's just not helping Microsoft at all. I think when this phone first came out, like Instagram was still in beta. The Twitter app looked horrible. The firmware was very buggy, so it used to shut down quite a lot. Right. Um, I'm using it six months later, which isn't that which isn't that long, <laughs> even though it arguably is for a smartphone. Um, but all those problems are fixed. Instagram's not in beta anymore. Um, I can use Slack for work. Uh, it hasn't shut down once because of a firmware update. So, okay, maybe Microsoft shouldn't have put it out with all those Yeah. But it's a classic Microsoft. Yeah, thing. it is pretty classic Microsoft. Um, but at least worth pointing out that it actually runs really well now.
2: Yeah. And do we think is there an issue here with like you kind of alluded to this here of what you might call cool factor? Yeah, that it's the people not cool. who do <laughs> who do care about such things are going to avoid Windows phone.
3: Yeah, I mean like I mean Christopher, you you use a Windows 10 computer. Yeah. Um, uh, but then again, you're using an Android phone. I know that Jim, uh, who works here, is staunch Windows supporter, but he's got an iPhone. Yeah. So like, even <laughs> even those guys who are still rallying behind the operating system, which is now actually technically the same on the phone as on the on the computer, um, will will never use a Mac. Um, still can't bring themselves to use the phone. Yeah. And it's just not very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Microsoft has never been that cool a company. It's just sort of always been there.
1: <laughs> sure. That just a just a quick note though. Actually, um, the where that Microsoft slash um, Nokia One is actually the business uh, side. Yeah. So I think we had a discussion about BlackBerry slowly dying down. And because of BlackBerry, companies looked at other phones. And obviously Android being not as secure, supposedly, um, companies almost dismissed that iOS was too expensive. Well, just Apple just generally was too expensive. And the next alternative was Windows. And you're like, well, it's got all the server integration. It's got all the uh, Office apps already pre-installed, mm. 365, I think it is. And therefore, it was the, the perfect business phone. So I think um, Microsoft almost missed a trick and said, why don't we just focus solely on our enterprise slash business?
2: Well, I think that's the whisper that's coming out now is what they're going to do. Is that what like I mean, the challenge there is that increasingly... People just take their own phones in and expect to use them—the yeah. um, BYOD phenomenon, as it's known. But yeah, completely. Um, in in a world where in which BlackBerry is you know floundering, um, Windows Phone is the obvious choice for an enterprise fleet of smartphones. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that pans out. Because in the consumer space, we are basically now at Android or iOS. And I, I don't know—is that a healthy situation?
3: Um. I don't know, really. I mean, it's all become about the operating system based around it. If you go back 10, 15 years, um, I don't really know why we all chose our, our phones, those weird little slidey, yeah. and flippy phones and everything. It was, yeah, it was never about the operating system, was it? It was if it looked cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it's just how it's changed.
2: I mean, there are other alternatives, but, you know, Firefox, Sailfish, Amazon Ubuntu. phone. <laughs> oh, Amazon, yeah. yeah, yeah do you know I completely the Canada, forgot about the, they? The, the, the Firefox. I mean, everyone forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, BlackBerry is still... Uh, just about there or thereabouts. We've lost things like um, HB Web OS, which mm-hmm. was a really Dick good operating of. system uh, based on the Palm OS. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, And that's interesting because when the iPhone came out the same year, Palm bought out the Palm Pre, clearly post-iPhone, but you know broadly similar uh, in terms of, actually in terms of quality. And it had this Palm OS, which later became Web OS, which was really good. Trust me, people are looking sure <laughs> it really was good, but um, but you know it couldn't compete with the iPhone. It wasn't as good as the iPhone, and no longer exists. No, HP mm-hmm. no longer makes smartphones.
3: Just one f- final point. Uh, th- th- I think Microsoft just just they're just too late. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I think what they're doing now is really good, but even I mean late in terms of like maybe four or five years too late, mm-hmm. but like, which isn't actually that, that long. Um, something really interesting I read. I can't remember where. Um, PC Advisor probably. It probably was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like Satya Nadella, the current CEO. He he's massively pushed giving um, Office 365 apps to iOS users for free because yeah. he understands the value of having your software on other people's hardware. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, apparently Steve Ballmer once saw a very early um, iPad version of Office and he refused to let them release it because mm-hmm. it was better than the Windows alternative. Yeah. <laughs> and it was that kind of attitude that he didn't. He wanted Microsoft to run the best software on its own hardware, right. and so delayed the launch of that. Um, but now you think about it, and that's pretty nuts. <laughs> Madness gone
2: mad. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's go around the room then. Uh, win dozy or win win? Uh, Christopher Menezes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did I think? both about? sound good to I, me. I will <laughs> go win win. Win
2: dozy dozy. Oh okay. Bad.
1: Okay, I'm a bit sl- I'm dozy. <laughs> I'll go with win win. Henry Burrell. Win win
2: yeah
4: ashley. i say win-win as well
2: brilliant so that you heard it here first uh listener uh, mm-hmm. windows phone is on its way back <laughs> <laughs> never mind i'll find someone like you <laughs> i wish nothing but the best for you no i'm not going to the next bit um uh, but not you audience <laughs> member ashley also why might that have been something that adele said <laughs>
4: <laughs> because, sorry, that's just really broke me off, that was amazing. I was going to go for the high bit but then... <laughs> um, So basically, at a recent concert because Adele is on tour at the moment, I'm not sure exactly where this concert was, but she just noticed that a lot of people were filming her and she just said to someone um, in the audience she said could you stop filming me with that video camera because I'm really here in real life and you can enjoy it in real life rather than through your camera it isn't a DVD this is a real show there are lots of people outside that couldn't come in so it's basically just highlighting the fact that everyone you know I've seen it so many times when you go to a concert or any kind of any event, live event, you see people filming it and they're looking at their phone mm. screen. They're not even looking at the thing that's happening in real life. So it just feels like it's such a shame that that's what they think is necessary in order to enjoy it and look back at it later. But you need to be able to enjoy it right there in the moment, otherwise you're never really going to get the full experience. So
2: No one's ever looking back at that video. No, I don't no know, exactly. Anyway. So it's like <laughs> it really a weird behaviour that people got into where almost like for it to be real, you have to
4: capture it somehow. yeah. But it's just such a shame. And you, when when I was uh, when I am quite near the back of a concert or whatever, you just see in front of you, or you can see a screen. You can yeah. hardly see anything else, and it's just like, I don't know. I just find it really sad. And obviously, um, a lot of musicians and actors and all sorts of people are getting really upset by it because they also find it sad. So there was also Benedict Cumberbatch. He was in Hamlet, and um, he famously quite recently, um. Afterwards, outside the stage door, he said to everybody that he was really annoyed that um, people were filming because it's really not supportive and stuff like that. So it's even worse, I think, in a show like that in Hamlet. or
2: sure.
4: you know, it's going to break
2: the mood, isn't it? Yeah,
4: exactly. And he was basically saying he wants to give a live performance that they'll remember in their brains, um, and <laughs> instead of on their phones. So, it's
2: so just... and it's definitely because there's two issues here. Actually, there is also there's the antisocial behaviour, but there's also the worry about copyrights. Yeah. But I guess in Adele's case. From that quote, it would seem that it was the behaviour that she was worried about. Yeah,
4: the funny thing is yeah. that the reason the news got out about it is because someone had filmed it and, <laughs> and put it on the internet. So, no, you irony complete. Yeah, so it's kind of I don't know. Yeah,
3: I've, I've been to I've been to a fair few gigs where I feel not only is it ruined by some jackass in front of me filming on it, his someone filmed it on a BlackBerry in front of me no. uh, once, which annoyed me even more. <laughs> or an iPad. Um, <laughs> but um, not only are they sort of ruining the experience. For, for the person they're standing in front of but also it just takes away a bit from the atmosphere like yeah. gigs are meant to be like a well depending on the music yeah. a bit of a raucous occasion yeah. you know like the kind of uh, the whole room as one sort of thing yeah. well it's the, certainly
2: supposed to be a relationship between the performer and, and the audience, the audience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: whereas now it's like a relationship between the performer and that person's I don't know periscope followers which is yeah. so depressing
4: yeah exactly it is. there
2: are some positives right because you can like you know for instance uh, people can use their phones and it creates a sort of
3: Light. Effect. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah.
4: yeah. Rather than It used flame. to be lighters, yeah, so now it's turned into much torches. <laughs> yeah, much safer. They probably banned lighters so they had to go torches. But yeah, that's probably the only time when I think it's okay. But I mean I have filmed in whenever I go to something, I do film like a tiny snippet yeah. just to remind myself.
2: Like well, take a photo. Yeah. yeah.
4: But when you, but when you see people who film the entire thing, mm, yeah, it's like crazy especially i think sometimes if i do film anything i'll hold the phone up higher so that i can see still and i yeah. the film's probably rubbish because i'm not looking at what i'm actually capturing but yeah. i can still see but yeah. most people that i see filming are looking at the screen and that's what upsets me but i don't know it is
2: a bit it is a bit sad i think but i mean are these i just wonder whether these are just new behaviours that we're going to have to get used yeah, to probably um, so i thought i thought i was thinking of some other of these i mean selfies And a classic one.
4: Um,
2: I just cannot, to this day, get my head around that. And anybody I see carrying a selfie stick, you know, I I have dark thoughts about that person. (laughs) But you know, again, maybe that's just a a generational thing.
4: Well, selfie sticks have been banned a lot. I think they're actually kind of going out a little bit now. Like people realise that they're not cool (laughs) and they they look pretty stupid. So selfie sticks are kind of. I think we might be getting past that slowly but surely. But, I was yeah. thinking
2: about um, like when people listen to music through leaky headphones, but also increasingly, oh. increasingly, with yeah. no headphones. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> so like in, That's in, been going on for years, though. In the, but in was the changing like, room hey, at the gym, literally yeah. this morning, there's a guy, a middle aged guy, sitting there listening to some <laughs> terrible cheesy music, <laughs> just as if it's.
4: And okay. it's really bad because the speakers on most phones are, are rubbish as well. So it just sounds it's also, awful. It's just
2: pollution. It's like yeah. I don't, you know, I don't it's, want to. Be forced to listen to your choice of music. We
4: have, um, on the trains, we have a quiet zone, um, certain carriages, and, you know, people seem to choose the quiet zone on purpose so that they can annoy people by putting on their phone and playing it out loud. There's a reverse
2: yeah. to that as well, though, because I find, like, I will listen to music on my headphones and I yeah. promise you it's at a quiet volume and no one can hear it, but people will still, some people will we'll take the opportunity on the quiet coach to go I'm sorry no headphones what? on this coach no. really? maybe that's a southwest train thing maybe,
4: maybe. I've well, never heard that before
3: <laughs> I think it kind of it goes back to um, your point earlier about is this just something we'll have to get used to and is there is there an actual correct technology etiquette Yeah. because I mean I, I'd like to think I'd adhere to for example in my like, Particularly in my previous job, I had loads of meetings. I would never get my phone out. Yeah. Uh, I wear a yeah. smartwatch sometimes. I would try not to even look at that if it buzzed. Totally. Whereas I had colleagues who were sort of my um, my equal and my senior as well. And they would just get out their phone in the middle yeah, of a meeting. Sometimes really with clients weird. looking at it mm. and like, oh my God. <laughs> <might> t- <laughs> uh, or laptops um,
2: even. People would yeah. sit there yeah. okay. quite clearly be working. And actually the equivalent of that, which I had written down, were his phones at a dinner table. Mm. Um, um, which is just the i mean it's the equivalent to i suppose when i was a kid like we just didn't have the telly on when we were eating yeah um and yeah if you're and then i suppose even if you're in the pub or whatever it's just one of those things that there's a real balance between being quite militant about these things but it just being quite rude if someone's clearly not engaged particularly like the
3: pub or something like if you've gone to the pub with a group of mates Mm. like who who are you talking to yeah. <laughs> on, on your phone? <laughs> yeah, hang on like, a minute, we're all here. Yeah, that's yeah, the point. It goes back. Yes, yeah, so it's back. bit back to the social media thing, yeah. isn't it? Those people, those gigs, are filming those things because they basically want to show off. Yeah, to yeah. someone yeah. at some point. Yeah, not which keeping, is it's not a document for themselves. Which
2: is why you know, like I said, I, if I go to a gig, I do take a photo, and generally speaking, it's to post it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. if what I go the to a sporting right. event or you know. Yeah. Um. So I am as guilty as anyone, but I think it's. I think I suppose what, what we're saying is it's. It's sad not to be in the moment. Really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. So.
4: it is. We're we're kind of living our lives constantly on the internet or whatever, or through technology, but mm. you know, we forget to live them in real life.
3: Yeah, it's, it's exhausting. Exposed right? to the outside world as well. Was that thing you saw, Ashley? That was um, there was a city that's thinking of putting sort oh, of yeah, um, I stop, about that. don't walk signs at eye level. For...
4: Yeah, so that people who are constantly looking at their phones <laughs> don't need to worry about the roads. I was like, what? <laughs> that can't be a that's real thing. Crazy. It's just encouraging <clears throat> it, I think. But then I guess if it's for safety reasons, they haven't really got a choice.
2: Yeah. But we know. have started to see um, again, uh, Chris Martin normally the engineer of this podcast, was at a festival at the weekend where phones were banned. Yeah, things? it was Innocent
4: yeah. Unplugged, I think the festival was called. The smoothie People. Yeah, the Smoothie yeah. People. And they, uh, there was meant to be no tech, obviously unplugged, but he said that there was loads of people there that were all um, filming and using their phones and stuff. So it was a bit of a shame because even at a, an event that was specifically saying, you know, don't use technology, people still used it. So I don't know.
2: But it's interesting that there would even be an event yeah part of the mm. marketing as well yeah, the part fact of the appeal that of it. you can switch off. It's yeah. so one of the reasons why you know I really like running it's because mm. it's the only time when I'm completely unplugged.
4: Yeah.
2: Although you know again right, I've got a young daughter and you know I really consciously try not to be um on my phone around her because mm. it's so easy just to teach that as a behavior that yeah. that's just the the norm. Are we maybe are we are we just being grumpy old people here? Yeah, or? I was just
4: thinking that, that we <clears throat> we maybe are just moaning a lot. Well, but...
1: <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, I'm 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 a huge techie, and yet when I go out with friends, I often see them on their phones, yeah. and I'm like, I'm I'm the biggest geek here. I'm the guy that's <laughs> always talking about phones or always on my phone just generally. But when I'm with my friends or when I'm at a social event, mm. I want to be with you guys. I don't yeah. want to be looking at a phone because that can come later. Obviously, if there's someone that's coming or I need, I need to text them or something like that, that's something else. Or it's like emergency. Fair enough. But most, most of the time people are like on their Facebook or Instagram or Twitter feed. I'm like, what are you doing? Just look up, look what's going around you. Um, The same applies. Like in, in my daily commute, I hardly ever look at my phone, even though I've got nothing else better to do because I don't get, um, don't get a newspaper. I have my music in but I just look at people I'm looking at people and all people are that weird staring (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but all people are doing are like glued quite literally glued to their phones and
2: it's funny how that's changed actually as well because I've been commuting from outside London for eight years I think and I remember it used to be books and now Mm. everybody has at least one and usually more than one digital device yep. mm-hmm. which is not necessarily a bad thing it's just it, it, it in so much as it affects behavior it's interesting i guess yeah exactly okay well let's uh, let's close up by going uh, around the room uh, adele hell or rebel against adele christopher manassians adele hell henry burrell
3: in more ways than one adele <laughs> hell <laughs> oh, <laughs> ashley also i am with you on that as
2: well
4: adele hell is that the right one i don't, I don't know, know. Thinking...
2: You, you get to make a decision well, do you think, I do you think, I
4: agree with Adele. Okay, right? that's
2: that's Adele hell. Good, good. That's not Adele rebelling hell. Against Adele. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> good. Well, I think we cleared up some important issues there. Uh, and also had a sort of slightly cathartic um, therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Uh, do get in touch, let us know your thoughts and opinions and to shake us down for cash or indeed if you're interested in advertising. You can tweet us at UK tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. We will be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech. Until then, say goodbye guys. Bye. Goodbye
0: guys. UK Tech Weekly Podcast.